Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's another Q&A edition of Optimal Health Daily, episode 960, and I'm Dr. Neil Malik. Hey there, happy Friday, and welcome to another Q&A edition of Optimal Health Daily, where I answer your health questions related to fitness, diet and nutrition, and lots more. You send in the questions, and I answer them for you. Now, if you wanna send in an audio question, the short link is oldpodcast.com ask, or you can call and leave me a message at 61 I love OHD. I've been getting lots of questions from students, colleagues, friends, family, all about this whole coronavirus thing. So for today's q and I'm going to address that topic. Now, why have folks been asking me about my thoughts on this stuff? Well, it's because I have my doctor of public health degree with an emphasis in chronic disease prevention and nutrition. I also have my master of public health degree with an emphasis in health promotion and health education. I'm also a registered dietitian nutritionist, a certified health education specialist, and a certified exercise physiologist through the American College of Sports Medicine. And so because both of my advanced degrees are in public health, people have been asking me, well, hey, public health is your thing. What's the deal with this public health crisis that we're calling coronavirus? Now, my one disclaimer is that I am recording this in advance and the news with regards to coronavirus seems to change every hour. (laughs) If you follow the news, it's like, it's hard to keep up. But of course, I'm going to try and give you the most accurate information that I know of at this very moment. So with that, let's discuss this thing we call coronavirus as we optimize your life. So it seems like, again, every time we turn around, we're bombarded by news about the coronavirus especially since a couple of weeks ago, the World Health Organization announced that we are now facing a pandemic, meaning coronavirus is widespread. Now for me, it got really serious when Major League Baseball announced that the season start date is being delayed. All spring training games have been canceled. And so that told me it's getting serious. So in light of all of this, I've been asked to provide my take on the situation. So here it goes. A colleague once asked me, you're in public health, what should people be most concerned about? Is it diet? 
Not exercising enough? What is it? I responded, well, what truly keeps me up at night are these so-called superbugs, infections that spread really quickly that we've never seen before and that we can't treat. While coronavirus might seem to meet these criteria, here's the deal. I actually don't worry too much about coronavirus. I repeat, I don't think it's one of these superbugs. Instead, while it is a new bug, so to speak, I think we don't need to lose sleep over it just yet. There are some misconceptions out there about this virus, so let me first describe what it is. I will start by mentioning that coronaviruses are common. The common cold, in fact, common is in the name, is a type of coronavirus. But the trouble with this one is that it's a new strain of the virus. But if you can believe it, it isn't the first new coronavirus strain we've experienced. A new one seems to come along once every 10 years or so. This is partly why I personally am not panicking. Now, I don't know if you remember, but in the years 2002 and 2003, there was a type of coronavirus going around called SARS, which stands for Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome. Luckily, there haven't been any reported cases of SARS since 2004, which is why we don't hear much about it anymore. Now, coronaviruses in general seem to have something in common. They like to cause some havoc in the respiratory system, basically the lungs and our airways. So symptoms of coronaviruses often involve coughing and shortness of breath, along with possibly a fever and feelings of fatigue. Again, this version of the coronavirus is a different strain than the SARS one we saw in 2002 and 2003. So in order to distinguish it from the other coronaviruses, you might hear this year's strain referred to as COVID-19, which stands for coronavirus disease 19. So COVID-19 in particular thrives in the cells that line our airways, which again, this is why respiratory symptoms are common with this illness. We don't quite know how it spread though. Recently, some health professionals believed that the virus could linger in the air for a prolonged period of time, but that really hasn't been validated. Most believe that it is spread in the same way that other viruses are spread, through contact with those that are already sick. But the biggest unknown is, how contagious is coronavirus? And who's gonna have the worst health consequences if they do get sick? So exposure to COVID-19 can come in different ways. One way may be something called direct contact, like exposure to a sick person's cough or their sneeze. This is why there's the recommendation to avoid places where large groups of people are meeting. The more people, the higher the chance that you may be exposed because someone may be carrying it and more potential exposure to other coughs and sneezes will increase your chances. And again, since we don't quite know just how contagious COVID-19 is, it's best to avoid being exposed to it. The unknown is often quite scary. That's probably the scariest thing about this virus. So what most health professionals recommend is to err on the side of caution. Now, what about the whole wearing a face mask thing? You don't need to wear one of those to protect yourself. Instead, it's advised that those that have been diagnosed with COVID-19 wear a face mask. And they only need to wear a face mask if they're around others that haven't been infected. Basically, think of it this way. Those that have coronavirus should consider wearing it if they go out in public. Everyone else does not need to wear one. So here's the other way viruses can spread. Not just COVID-19, but any virus. You could get exposed by touching the surface of an inanimate or non-living object. These would be things like doorknobs, computer keyboards, cell phones, grocery store carts, 
you know, all the stuff we already know has lots of germs on it. So this is why you probably are hearing how important it is to wash your hands, especially before you eat or touch your face. We are constantly touching inanimate objects. We can't go a day without touching a doorknob, our cell phone, our computers, etc. But here's the good news. Simply touching these objects doesn't mean we're gonna get sick. Instead, the virus may get on our hands, survive there for a while, and then if we touch our eyes, nose, ears, or mouth, the virus now has a way to enter the body. Now that's how we can become infected. But just having it on our hands isn't enough for us to get sick. It's only if we use our dirty hands to prepare meals or touch our faces. But if we wash our hands regularly with soap and water for at least 20 seconds each time, we dramatically reduce the chances that we will become infected. So when you wash your hands, think friction. That's the most important thing. Try and scrub your hands, front and back. And again, do that for about 20 seconds. An easy way to kind of guesstimate 20 seconds would be to sing the happy birthday song to yourself while you're scrubbing your hands. Hand sanitizer that contains at least 60% alcohol may be a nice backup if soap and water are unavailable. And don't make your own hand sanitizer at home. Right now, as of this recording, it's believed that the virus doesn't survive long on keyboards, grocery carts, cell phones, etc. So most health professionals don't believe this is the most common way it's spread. And for this very reason, it's unlikely you would get COVID-19 by consuming prepackaged foods. Oh, and if you're worried about your pets carrying it, don't worry too much about that. Keep adoring them. It's highly unlikely they have COVID-19 or can spread the virus. Now, it's estimated that the death rate from coronavirus is anywhere from 2 to 3%, meaning if 100 people had coronavirus, 2 to 3 of them would likely succumb to it. But this rate is much, much lower than other viruses that we've experienced globally. What we know about the flu that goes around every year, that tends to kill a lot of people, but we don't hear about it as much as we are the coronavirus. And again, it's probably because the flu is something we've experienced year after year, and so we're familiar with it. COVID-19 is new, and so we're worried about it because the unknown is so scary. So let me try and put your mind at ease. Those most at risk for developing complications if they were to get sick with coronavirus would be older adults than those with serious chronic conditions like lung disease, heart disease, or diabetes. But here's the deal. Many people are probably walking around with COVID-19 in their systems right now and are perfectly fine. Their immune systems, their body's defense against things like this is keeping them from experiencing any symptoms. Again, the seasonal flu goes around every year and kills about 30,000 people every year. I don't think COVID-19 will even surpass that number. And so when you hear about new cases of COVID-19 every day, it's probably because people are carrying it around, they don't realize it, but their immune systems are keeping it in check. Others whose immune systems are down for the moment may start experiencing symptoms, but they'll likely recover. So what's the bottom line? Again, to me, this isn't the superbug that keeps me up at night. But for now, it is good to be cautious. Go ahead and avoid places where there are 250 people or more in an enclosed space. Wash your hands, especially before eating or touching your face, and do the other things you would normally do to keep your immune system healthy. If you're a regular exerciser and the gym was your place to get that exercise, for the time being, consider performing some at-home exercises, go for a jog or a walk in your neighborhood, do those kinds of things instead, just to avoid that excess contact with others. If you feel like you're experiencing symptoms of COVID-19, 
it is definitely best to contact a health professional, especially if you develop a fever along with a cough or difficulty breathing. But again, I imagine that most that get sick with COVID-19 will recover just fine. If you want information about COVID-19 and the latest updates, definitely go to the CDC's website. That's the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention or the World Health Organization. Both of those are reputable and know what they're talking about. But I truly hope that this puts your mind at ease. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com health. Just go to indeed.com health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And so next week, I hope that we can get back to our usual Q&A format. And so if you have a question that relates to diet, fitness, stress management, anything along those lines, send it in. Just come by oldpodcast.com ask. Right on that page, you can record your question straight from your computer's microphone. It's really easy and you can even play back your message and do retakes before sending it in. Or you can do it the old-fashioned way and call in your question. The number is 61 I love OHD. Both methods are in this episode's description, which you can find at oldpodcast.com. I thank you so much for listening every day. Thank you for listening all the way through. Have a wonderful weekend, and I'll see you back here on Monday where your optimal life awaits.